This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back to Afternoons here on News Talk 770. This is Andrew Lawton in for Rob Breckenridge for the rest of the program today and also tomorrow's show as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. And yes, if you do want to weigh in on the show, you can give me a call at 403-974-8255 or you can text that very number, 403-974-8255. Let's talk a little bit about the unpleasant news that came out of the... I mean, it was pleasant for me as a talk radio host. Not necessarily pleasant for the Justin Trudeau government, as the Globe and Mail revealed that Gerald Butts and Katie Telford, respectively Justin Trudeau's principal secretary and chief of staff, expensed over $200,000 in moving expenses as well as legal and real estate fees covering the sale of each of their million-dollar homes in Toronto when they decided to work for Justin Trudeau's PMO and moved to Ottawa. Now, one of the moves cost $127,000. The other was a little over $80,000. And both of them made huge money when they sold their homes. Gerald Butts uh, sold his, made a $630,000 profit on his home, and Katie Telford made about $500,000 on the sale of her home, which went for a little over $1 million earlier this year. And that's not to say that the money they profited changes the morality, if you will, of expensing the move in real estate fees. But I think it does show quite a bit of a disconnect from their experience versus that of middle-class Canadians. I wanted to welcome to the program Kelly McParland, National Post columnist on this. Kelly, thanks very much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks for inviting me. So you've mentioned here that Mike Duffy is probably the happiest guy in the world with this news that comes out. Well, I don't know if he's happy or not because, I mean, he went through such an ordeal over, over the problems he had with expenses. Um, and here are two of the top people in the next government um, doing, you know, pretty much the same thing or at least the same, involving the same amounts of money. And it's unlikely that they will have to put up with anything like the kind of tr- trouble he ran into. Um, you know, he's probably wishing that he'd been appointed a senator by the Liberals and then nobody would have said anything. <laughs> yeah, and one interesting thing is that, you know, in that case, what we learned behind the scenes when the whole Mike Duffy scandal happened, the uh, order from the Prime Minister's office had basically been pay it back, make it go away. Here we have Justin Trudeau coming out and saying, well, you know, the rules were followed. And, and you know, but here's the thing. In Mike Duffy's case, the rules were followed as well. So I think that defense seems to only apply depending on which party is the one that uses it. Well, that's right. I mean, it's ridiculous to say something like that. You know, the rules were followed. Who makes the rules? You know, it's the government that makes the rules to begin with. And then they say, oh, well, we followed all the rules that we made for ourselves. I would, if, if the rest of us could do that, you know, we could make all sorts of rules that would be beneficial to ourselves. It just amazes me that, you know, this is a government that ran the campaign last year heavily on the notion that it would represent middle-class Canadians, that it was in tune with middle-class needs, that it understood the hardship and struggles that, you know, not all middle-class people, but an awful lot of them were going through. And then they get into power and they just throw money around like they own the mint, which in a way they do, I suppose. But, you know, as if they were, as if it gives them the right to just spend as much as they want on themselves. It, it's just a total disconnect. Um, and it's been happening since the very beginning, you know. They flew off to Paris on that on that 
big uh, UN climate uh, get together, and they spent a million dollars on that. They had civil servants uh, expensing thousands of dollars in dinners. They were all, you know, shooting selfies of each other and throwing money around and hiring photographers. And you think, well, how clueless can you get? Didn't they just tell us that they were going to be a different kind of government and they were going to be concerned about with middle class values? Yeah, and one thing that this reminds me of is when, and this was during, of course, the campaign when the big discussion was on the universal child care benefit, and Justin Trudeau had made uh, the, the point a couple of times, you know, wealthy families like mine don't need this. Wealthy families like mine. And here we have an example of two people that presumably would fall into that category as being wealthy families that are getting access to this benefit that isn't on par with what middle-class Canadians, but far above and beyond what they have access to. Well, that's right, and I mean, he was talking about that the wealthy families like him and then the, one of the first things he did when he got in was to hire staff to look after his kids and charge it to the taxpayer until they got caught and then he said oh well we'll pay for it ourselves it just seems to be that old idea of anything you can get away with is fine as long as nobody finds out and you know this if they had if they had um uh, made known what they were doing with with Butts and Telford. Well, you know, maybe there would have been some complaining, but perhaps not. They could have said, "Well, we're being, you know, we're being open and honest and telling everybody what we're doing," but they didn't. Um, and you're talking about, I mean, you know, anybody who owns a house in Toronto at the moment is is wealthy on paper. But these two sold places, made a big pile of money, moved to Ottawa, and and then charged the taxpayer for the expenses of doing that. I mean, how is that much different than what? What Duffy was doing, you know, flying around and claiming he lived in one place when he lived in another and and letting other people pick up the cost. I guess the big problem that comes of this is the same one that came of the Duffy scandal and countless others, which is that people cannot be left to their own devices to do what's right. We need to have strict rules because clearly uh, having your own sort of moral judgment on these things isn't working. It doesn't work. And, you know, it happens again and again and again, and it happens to be fair in every government. You know, it's almost impossible to find a government where this doesn't turn into a problem. And it amazes me that that happens so often. You would think that at some point they would have the brains to set up, you know, an independent agency that oversees expenses, that has very strict and well-known rules that we can all look up and see, um, that oversees spending, and and um, that makes all of it public. I mean, when Trudeau said one of the first things he said was that, you know, our, our default position is going to be that information is available. You know, we're not going to keep things secret. People ask us for information. We're going to give it to them except in very limited circumstances, and that will be the exception. And they haven't done that at all. You know, they've, they've put off um, an overhaul of the uh, Access to Information Act for, for two years down the road, and, and they keep all this sort of, you know, greasy little spending secret. You know, when the, when the health minister, minister got caught running up tabs for 20 limo rides to the airport, the first thing she did was deny it in the House of Commons and say, no, 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 it didn't happen, it never happened. Well, it did happen. You know, they deny and deny, and then they confess and apologize and say it'll never happen again. And all they do is totally destroy any uh, believability or credibility that they have with the population. Yeah, and the Philpot example was one that I, I think is really interesting here because this is a woman who, you're right, I mean, her defense involved some uh, very Clinton-esque usage of what a limousine is called. Okay. But, al- but also with that, the, the, a lot fewer zeros on hers than we had in this case. But it's about principle when we're dealing with political expenses more than anything else. Well, it is, and I think that's what gets people riled because you look at her case and, and she's billing 20 rides to the airport. Now, you know, a cab- when, when she represents 
expensive Toronto area riding, by the way, too. Yeah, I mean, a cab to the airport costs fifty bucks, you know, and they're nice cars. You know, they're not dirty old beat up things. They're nice cars. It costs fifty dollars. So why is she spending almost seven, more than seven thousand um, dollars on limo rides? You know, why is that necessary? You know, I, I know a limo driver, and he said, "Well, that's what we charge." I said, "But why is she calling up a special?" You know, some special agency to to provide her with a fancy car to go to the airport when, you know, you could Uber there for a, a small fraction of the price. It just doesn't make sense. And then they say, well, we didn't realize, I didn't realize what we were paying. Well, you should, you know. Why don't you just ask? It's not that hard to have somebody on your staff who keeps track and says, wait a minute, you know, 500 bucks to the airport? No, we're not doing that. We're going to call a cab. And, you know, it's going to save them an awful lot of embarrassment and, and uh, stop them from having to uh, explain themselves to the Canadian people. So going back to the moving expenses, real estate fees, all these sorts of things, uh, what do you think should be done to tighten this loophole moving forward? Well, I really think, like I said, they should have a very strict set of rules. It should be publicly accessible. All uh, charges should be made accessible. I mean, why shouldn't we know how much each each of these people pays to go to the airport? Um, it should be online, and it should be simple and straightforward, and there should be an independent agency that keeps track of it and puts out regular reports. You know, And I don't know why governments wouldn't agree to that, because it would just save them so much trouble. And I think having something in fairly real time as well is important, not just, you know, the quarterly expenses where people have forgotten about that time by the time it comes out, or where someone has to file an ATIP to get it. That's right. You know, they file it and then they wait and wait and wait and maybe they get it sometime down the road. Maybe, maybe they don't. And I just say people have forgotten by then. It's you know, it needs to be fast and easily accessible. And I don't see why that's so difficult. Uh, joining me on the line, National Post columnist Kelly McParland. Kelly, thanks very much for your time, sir. As always. Okay, thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Have to take a break here. When we come back in just a couple of moments, we'll have your calls and reaction on this. You can call or text me to 403-974-8255, 403-974-8255. This is Andrew Lawton in for Rob here on Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.